Here we go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing and That's Badass Wood Art. Remember to head over to thatsbadasswoodart.com, use promo code CTPOCKET for 20% off any one item at their store. And while you're here, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. We're doing a giveaway once we hit 3,000 subscribers, and it's a custom skull piece by That's Badass Wood. Um, Join today, if you can't tell, in the bottom... I don't know how this is going to flip on the screen, but in, on the bottom, it's Phil Mackey of Score North. How are you, buddy? Gentlemen, what's happening? It's kind of a weird dead period between the first wave of free agency and the draft here. We're like we're like in the eye of the NFL offseason storm right now, just kind of trying to figure out what's what's going to happen what's with next? Dalvin and uh, is is Daniel Hunter going to complete? Is he is Daniel Hunter going to realize he's only going to make four point nine million in cash and get mad about that <laughs> at some point? Just a lot of a lot of things to figure out here still speculation yes in we fact i it. did bring my button bar to the show here so you know we could drop some <laughs> reckless speculation. Oh, some reckless i'm not gonna get copyright today. on that we're not, we're not gonna get a cease and desist letter <laughs> yes i'm gonna i'm gonna turn around and uh have the score north legal team make sure that yeah. never never plays on this podcast again <laughs> <laughs> well you i mean you brought it up it is a dead period right now and i think the most relevant topic for us to talk about is what we kind of heard this morning from Florio in that there's some chatter about Kirk Cousins to the 49ers again. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, every every offseason. It is I mean, hilarious. This So I don't know. I, I feel like Judd and I have kind of, uh, kind of prided ourselves on being the first ones that stuck that flag in the ground purely <laughs> speculatively in 2020, I think it was. I think Kirk was going through some some bad stretch or something and it was the pandemic and we were like screw this guy let's yeah, this guy's <laughs> he, he's not the franchise quarterback we all need here and so we stumbled upon the john lynch quotes that are now infamous right where he's talking about how kyle shanahan was in mourning literally said in mourning when when <laughs> kirk agreed to a contract with the vikings because he he thought kirk would be the perfect quarterback for his system and um, and so, you know, it's uh, it's built into our score north contracts. We have to talk about Kirk to the 49ers at least five times every calendar year now. But it really started off as like, oh, this would be an interesting theory. What if what if this came to fruition at some point? And this is actually the first time this Florio report. And I just I have the quote in front of me on uh, his show PFT Live, where he said, apparently at the scouting combine, there was some chatter, some noise among people within the broader league structure. I don't even know what that means. Not not media, but people in the league about Cousins being traded to the 49ers. That was a hot topic at one point in Indianapolis. This is a very couched, vague way to phrase what he's trying to say here. But he's basically saying, like, people in the league that make decisions are talking about this. This was a thing that was being talked about for a couple days. And it just kind of feels like. It's a very obvious trade for both. I don't I don't I mean I think the betting odds would be that it doesn't happen, but if you're the 49ers and you're sitting here in this Super Bowl window, you got one of the best teams in the NFL, you got one of these you, you basically have a Ferrari and you need someone to drive it, right? And you're trying to play it off like, "Oh, we're totally cool with 
the last pick in the draft that we tricked up, you know, Brock Purdy, he's going to totally come back from Tommy John surgery and lead us to a Super Bowl. And if he doesn't, don't worry. We signed Sam Darnold. So we've got our veteran quarterback. But it's like, there's no way they aren't nervous about their quarterback situation. And the Vikings have essentially indicated, yeah, we're just going to kind of ride it out with Kirk. Uh, we're not going to sign him to an extension. And if if Kirk had to waive his no-trade clause or was asked, there's probably one team he would do it for, and it's the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's likely that it happens. But the fact that someone in the know, Mike Florio, brought it up and said, it's not a theory. This is something that was actually talked about is is really interesting. When you can well, kind so, of add a lot of things into that th- throughout this offseason, right? We've heard about Kevin O'Connell's comments just last week about rookie quarterback deals and the intrigue that's that's there. Um, we also haven't heard firm commitments from O'Connell, Mark Wilf, Quasi beyond 23 for Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, you might be right. Th- things might be adding up to, you know, finally get the Kirk to 49er deal. And then, and then the next questions would be, Okay, if if those teams actually talked about like if they really got into the weeds and said, okay, let's talk about what a deal would look like, would the Vikings want draft capital back or would they want Trey Lance back? And then would the or and then would it turn into a three team trade if they if the Vikings aren't high on Trey Lance, would then would then like Baltimore have to get involved or something looking for a, a successor to Lamar Jackson? Uh, but then there's the question too, and I'd love your guys' thoughts on this. Do you? You know, there's been some Hendon Hooker steam, for instance, and even though he's like, you know, 40 years old, you'd ideally like him to sit for a year coming off the injury. You know, he played in a really tricked up offensive system. It doesn't mean he can't learn how to do NFL things, but it would just be, I think it would benefit Hendon Hooker to sit for a year or whoever you would wind up drafting. Is it a luxury to have Kirk Cousins playing in a contract year and you can just park a young quarterback behind him? Would you rather do that, or if you could get value for Cousins before he, you know, walks and goes somewhere else? There's all these things they have to weigh over the next few months. I'll let one of you two take that. Go ahead, Miles. I mean, I think I think that's what the Vikings' ideal situation is. I don't think I think if they'd wanted to make a trade with the 49ers, obviously with Kirk's blessing, right, because of his no trade clause, that would have happened. I don't think they would the Vikings would have been in a situation where they would have pushed his money out into next year just to trade him now or before the draft or, or in, in the summer. Obviously, they need to see how the draft plays out, but I just I don't know if they would have done some of those things if their intention was to trade Kirk. I think if they were going to trade Kirk, Kirk to the 49ers and the 49ers would have, were open to that, they would have done it with, before signing Sam Darnold, before all this stuff happened because they want to make their plans going into the draft. Not Most, most of these teams, especially with the quarterback, you want to make these plans after the draft and, and into the summer. It's just so much work and so much movement you need to make. Um, that'd, be, that'd be my guess. But I think from a Viking standpoint, I do think that they want to find a rookie quarterback to, to sit behind Kirk so that they can develop behind the scenes in, in, in year one and then hopefully take the reins next year. Or if they don't think that person could take the reins, that's when they make that move to desperately keep Kirk or, or whatever they do in the next offseason. But they, I think they want to give themselves options. I think Quazy's always been in that mold of, I want to keep my options open. And if we don't keep our options open, then we're stuck into having to give Kirk the money that he's been getting the last five years from the Vikings. And we have to, we have to give him multi-year guarantees and those types of things. And I think Quazy wants to keep that, that flexibility open. So I think Hennon Hooker only gets talked to the Vikings because he's that like next year of quarterback. 
And I, I don't think it's Hennon Hooker per se. I think it's more of just like, hey, the Vikings are interested in a rookie quarterback, and he's the likeliest one to be there available at 23 mm-hmm. without a trade-up. Now, Will Levis, Le- Will Levis is in that weird situation where maybe he slips a little bit. Maybe, you know, maybe he does fall further than we all an- anticipate. But I think from a, like, standpoint, it's the top four guys and then it's everybody else. And Hennon Hooker just happens to be in that tier below those four. We had uh, Chrissy Freud on last week from Sports Illustrated, and she does a bunch of stuff with the SEC. Um, worked really close with Mike Leach back in the day, and she was bold enough to say that like we should pump the brakes on this Hendon Hooker being bad steam, and that she actually really thinks that he could be one of the one of the better QBs in this draft class that come out. I mean, very literally, she asked us the question of That's who do true. we think is going to be the best out of this bunch. And she answered herself with Hendon Hooker. I said yeah. Stroud. He said Young. So, like, she has a lot of faith. I think she maybe understands some of the nuance of these air raid offenses a little better than mm-hmm. the common person because she sat behind Mac, or, you know, not sat behind, but was very close with Mike Leach, right? And maybe he explained some of the different nuances and how there is progressions in that system. It's not just a half field progression system. You know, like, there's all these different things. And it's just that. They happen to be open, so you're making that pass right away. You didn't have to make it through your progression. So she explained a little bit of that. And and to go to go back on the Kirk stuff real quick, just speculative here. Do do we make that deal to extend out the or you know push the money out, bringing that contract down to what what did it end up coming down to again? Like for uh, cap wise, I think the cap is is twenty million for this year, isn't it? Yeah. So so did we do that to lower that significantly so the Niners could fit it under or inside their cap because they're a little bit more cap strapped than than to take on his full contract? They wouldn't have been able to do it. They would have had to do some restructures and whatnot to make it work. Um, But him at twenty million, they can make that happen. So I I mean, again, that's just being speculative. Yeah, it would have to be so a trade, a trade right now. So hold on, let me. I'm on the uh, over the cap calculator here. One of the know, great doing tools. It, doing it right now too. <laughs> you would actually so, um, and this is where my knowledge starts to go out the window here. But the for the Vikings, it would be a much more severe cap hit for this year. You would eat the like 37 or 38.7 million dollars, um, and then the Niners would be. I think the Niners would would only be on the hook for the ten million dollar base at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. So it'd be ten million, the ten million going out for the to the Niners, ten point two five million going out to the Niners. The Vikings would then or eat the Vikings would eat that ten point two five, and then the Niners would take on that ten million. Yeah. But then Is they would also they'd also take on the how do the how do void years all the void years they just all get escalated up once would, the players yeah. hockey team. Yeah, they would all come off the books in 2024. So you can keep, you could tack on all these void years, and then once the players off your roster, they just like zoop into the into the. (laughs) I love how now it's like we have all these tools like over the cap and these different websites and stuff that fans had no access to ten years ago. Now we're all very dangerous, right? We're all like, oh, (laughs) we could be we could be Rob Brzezinski here and reshuffle this. I think I'm I'm trying to figure out, you know, they they clearly have had a plan to clear out room for 2024 mm-hmm. and beyond because they have some big contracts coming up. Yeah. Um and that's part of the Thielen decision to just eat eat the the cap in 2023. It's part of saying goodbye to some other veteran players and they might even have more like with Zadarius and we'll see with the Hunter but 
you know, they still have other things they could do to clear cap too. Like the Brian O'Neill restructure could happen at some point. I think so, they're saving that for the summer and like they're for like the in-season moves because that's one of those like you want to figure everything else out about your roster and then you have that money as like your reserve. Yep. Yeah. And you maybe you maybe you don't want to pull the trigger on that because he's 28 coming off of partially torn Achilles. So do you want to shove more of that cap into the now we're like way in the weeds on Brian Royal's <laughs> cap hits, right. but anyway, well, like I, yeah. But I mean and, and going back into the quarterback situation yeah. too, like you take a look at some of these quarterbacks that are in the draft, like Will Levis, if he does fall to us, it's not like he's a super young prospect, right? Like he, I think he's a senior, so he, he's definitely on the older side of a prospect, unlike the COVID. Uh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. It's the COVID years, Ryan. So like yeah, all, right, the, all exactly. these players are coming out of the COVID. So like Will Levis got to spend five years, six years in college rather than five because of the COVID year gave him an extra year to transfer to Kentucky and, and do all that stuff. And so yeah. a lot of these guys got to got to stay in college a little bit longer than they normally would. Well, and then you take a look at Trey Lance. He was super young when he came out. I think he was 20. So he's about the same age as Will Levis. And he's, you know, and he's younger than Hendon Hooker. So do you take a a chance on a guy like that who at one point was a number three overall pick? And, I mean, obviously a little bit of a projection still. You still don't know quite what you have in him after, you know, a couple seasons of basically nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but, like, all the tools are there. I mean, he's basically – he's basically Anthony Richardson, a little less athletic Anthony Richardson right now. So do you take a chance there? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like that idea and maybe taking up a couple of their third round picks with it and say, bye Kirk and, and just <laughs> on to the new. And you know I what? This is, if, you, if you're the Vikings, you don't want to make the same mistake that the giants are making in my opinion with Daniel Jones, which is okay. Mm-hmm. You get an offensive minded coach and uh, he so. coaches the hell out of a quarterback and gets that quarterback from here to here and then instead of just trusting that your coach can do that with the next young quarterback you go and pay 40 million dollars (laughs) for daniel jones like if i'm the vikings boy kirk cousins was better in the clutch high leverage moments of games than he's ever been except for the fourth and eight that we all know about (laughs) you know instead of throwing more money at kirk and it seems like they've come to the realization don't you then just trust kevin o'connell and uh, and what the work that he's done with Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins that he could do that with a twenty two or or twenty five year old quarterback too. I think you have you have to put some trust in. Yeah. Yep. I did just go and check because I was just genuinely curious. Tanner Morgan and Will Levis are the same age, which is baffling to me because I feel like Tanner Morgan should be talked about in the same regard as like Hendon Hooker. Like I thought he was like twenty five, twenty six for how long he's played for the Gophers, but. Their birthdays they might be might be a little different. Like I think Tanner Morgan's going to be thirty tomorrow. So like. yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> Tanner Morgan man isn't yeah. He I think he just got picked up by a USFL team, didn't he? Did I think he? He's on our roster. Oh, Pretty sure friend. he was they, in that. I draft. think he got drafted. Yeah. Did he? Okay. So maybe let's go. He let's won't get, get drafted in this one. But so uh, Phil, so so Phil, real, well Matt, like, what direction? Where do you think the Vikings are right now? Like, obviously, we know the defense is the is the talking point mainly because. They were so bad that they've been so bad and they've been on a decline. But like when you look at the Vikings roster, they've replaced Patrick Peterson with Byron Murphy, but then they got rid of Cameron Dantzler and Duke Shelley. They didn't, they haven't replaced those guys. Obviously they have Cam Dantzler, uh, not Cam Dantzler. They have uh, Andrew Booth Jr. And they have um, uh, a Caleb Evans. Like, but those are like basically the only cornerbacks in the roster. 
Mm-hmm. And then they repl- they basically just replaced Marcus Davenport for Dalvin Tomlinson. And then you add Dean Lowry to that too. Like two guys for one kind of scenario. Like where do you think the Vikings defense is at right now? And what, what sort and, – and obviously Brian Flores is a huge part of this. Like, but what sort of like true improvement do you expect to see? And like where do you expect to see this defense to continue to go? Yeah, I'm actually going to zoom out and just kind of start my answer from a, a team perspective. Yeah, and that sure. I think going into the offseason, this is going to sound crazy because they were a 13-win team. And I don't know how many 13-win teams you can say what I'm about to say about. But they were a 13-win team with like six needle-moving players on it. Like, like five or six guys that you would say, really hard to replace that guy. And I would say, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head, but Justin Jefferson... I would say TJ Hawkinson because he is one of the better pass catching tight ends. You can't just the, the level went way up from Irv Smith to TJ Hawkinson. That acquisition was huge. Yep. The two tackles, Darisaw and Brian O'Neill. I think when you have the tenth ish best quarterback in the world, as much as I rag on Kirk, you don't just like snap your fingers and find another guy who's that good. So and then on the defensive side. Maybe didn't I would say Daniil Hunter, even though he's not quite the guy he was, is probably on that list. And then like the first nine games of Zadarius Smith. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's not other good players, but I'm saying the other guys that are on your team, and probably Harrison Smith to some extent, even at his age. So like a handful plus one or two real needle moving players. And everybody else, especially on defense, sorry, like if you're too old or too expensive. You know, Eric Hendricks is going to come back and probably get in the ring of honor at some point, but the defense is going to get better by just getting younger, faster, and more aggressively coached. I think Brian Flores comes in, and if if you had the same defense, you know, let, let's say it was the same defense and the guys, somehow their ages were paused. I think they're instead of 31st in yardage, they're probably 25th. You know, they're not as big of a train wreck. Um, what he did in Miami when he was a head coach, they had a, a, a young train wreck defense his first year, and then overnight they became like a fringe top five defense. Uh, safety blitzes, just everything. So I think the scheme, getting younger, getting faster, all those things are going to make this defense be at least, to me, closer to league average, I think. And it just becomes, for anyone that's kind of sweating, like, oh my God, they they let all these guys go, right? Peterson, Dantzler, Tomlinson, Duke Shelley, and... Thielen and Kendricks, how are you going to replace these guys? Well, the defensive guys I just mentioned, which is most of that list, were all part of one of the worst defenses in the league. Yep, so, for sure, <laughs> it's just I don't like the defense is everything to me. I wouldn't have been mad about anything if you wanted. I would have preferred to keep Harrison Smith, and they did. But if they would have said, "Nah, man, we're just going to anyone with a th- anyone whose age starts with a three, we're just going to say goodbye." I would not have fought it at all. Right. Well, and again, and you look you look at that, and that you you're exactly right. That team, that defense just did not perform well. All of these guys are replaceable. We're, we're whining about Duke Shelley. We picked him up off the street. Like, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Like, yes, we, like again, like, I'm glad he played well, and I wished him the best. But, like, he got cut from the Bears for a reason. Yeah. Like, it, granted, he was playing in the slot there, and he, that's not his fit. He's outside corner, whatever. Like, you can find these guys and coach them up to be replaceable right like if if the vikings really wanted to bring duke shelley back they would have brought duke shelley back i'm not i mean we lost him over a hundred thousand dollars right like that that's that's the Vikings saying hey dude please come back but if you don't you don't because if the vikings really wanted duke shelley back they would have made sure that duke shelley was back the way they did all the other 
like low level free agents they brought back. And I'm not that's not the shit on Duke Shelley, but like I mean it was a cheap it was a cheap deal. Like No, let's crap really on him right back. now. Let's rip his ass. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> but like too right, short. Like, but like to that point, like I mean, if you want a guy back that badly at a at a really important position, you would have made sure you'd pay him one point five million to to come back. But they were like, No, we're like we'll we'll find a way to survive without you. On like good luck yeah. in, in, in Vegas. Before uh before we round out this show, I, I just want to get your thoughts, Phil, on if you if 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 the Vikings called you today and said, Hey, Quasi's sick, we need you to make the pick. On draft night, where would you I, go? I would wonder uh, how far down the list did you guys? <laughs> how many guys did you whiff on? Was Tyler Fornis? Was Thor? Was Daniel Jeremiah? Were these guys all? <laughs> Jr. wouldn't do it, so that that's one of Jordan Reed wouldn't do it. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, real quick before I answer that, I actually because I pulled this up on PFF, one of my favorite Brian Flores versus Ed Donatel stats: the Miami Dolphins. In Flores's last year in 2021, they had they ran like 150 somewhere between 150 and 200 safety blitzes, and some of those they might have had both. It might have been like everyone blitzing, and so two safeties count on the same play. But it was like ten times a game they're sending safeties. Right, <laughs> Harrison Smith I think had 12 or 14 safety blitzes last year. Under Mike Zimmer, he was sometimes 40 or 50. So Flores loves sending safeties, and that's why it'll be fun to watch Harrison Smith even at his advanced age in, in this system. Oh, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Jones was a pass rusher on 93 dropbacks in 2021 <laughs> for the Dolphins. So It's going to be a whole new new yeah. defense for us. This team a lot of fun, too. That's similar. the best part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the lines might look similar, but the the scheme and the aggressiveness and some of the movement it's going to look a lot different coverage wise. Yeah, yeah. So who would I draft? That's uh... well, I don't, I, you don't even need to pick a specific player, but like as it stands today, obviously, why wide receiver is probably the top priority. They need to do something there because um, I, I don't think any of us on this show trust KJ Osborne to be number two. Um, but the, it's not even just it shouldn't even just be about KJ Osborne being number two. He's sure. in a rookie. He's in a, he's in a contract year. I yep. hate when people use the draft look. as like a you got to feel it now. But no, it's about the long term. Like, yeah, right. I agree with that. I I would say so. Man, quarterback is so interesting. It's so hard to know because a lot of what you're doing when you're draft. I mean, the quarterback has to be able to the things that you see at a pro day and on film. Like, can you make certain throws? There's a certain threshold you need to be at just physically. Can you make certain throws? Can you move a little bit? And and those things are just sort of the reasons why these guys become first round draft uh, you know projections. The stuff that we don't get access to when Will Levis is in a room for even 15 minutes holding a football. Apparently, the Vikings made him hold a football. <laughs> What's he like? Is he a leader? Is he insecure? Can he process information quickly? These are things that we we just don't know as yep. largely fans and media, right? So if the Vikings drafted a quarterback in the first round, I would have to just sort of trust it because Kevin O'Connor, it's kind of like when Mike Zimmer reached for Anthony Barr and everyone was like, oh, he's kind of a fringe second round, uh, you know, first round guy, and they drafted him ninth overall. Well, and I get that some fans are probably disappointed with his overall career, but Anthony Barr was a beast for a couple of years and Mike Zimmer saw something and you just mm -hmm. sort of trust the defensive-minded coach. So... If they did draft a quarterback, 
I would just sort of trust, especially if they traded up, then you re- then you really know they love that quarterback. <laughs> so I'm going to put quarterback aside and say if it's not a quarterback, I think wide receiver and the guy that I keep going back to is Zay Flowers. Um, welcome, that's our okay. welcome to the club. <laughs> okay, this is awesome. So he, you know, and again, I don't I don't know that you need to be drafting like Miles said for this year's team specifically, but. Um, on on deep passes last year at Boston College, uh, he actually this might have been spread over two years. No, the, no, this is from last year. So on deep passes, footballs that travel twenty yards or more in the air, twelve catches on twenty seven attempts, four touchdowns, just like a five foot ten deep threat who can make contested catches. There's a little bit of like Tyree Kill. I don't want to go too far here, but I really like Zay Flowers. So he's good. He's really good. Yeah, we, I guess we, that would be my official. We went through our wide receiver rankings a couple weeks ago, um, and I think I think JSN and Zay Flowers were kind of interchangeable for a lot of us. uh, But Zay Flowers has consistently risen on our draft boards, and and he can do it all. Honestly, inside, outside, deep balls, short screens, you name it. Um, I'm in on that. Count me in. Big big fan of Flowers for sure. (laughs) I I think I I had to rank two. I think I had to rank two after JSN. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be that would be interesting. And I think, you know, it kind of feels like with with the mock drafts that are going around, it kind of feels like a lot of the mockers have bailed on cornerback. Yeah. And and it makes sense because they do have two young guys that they drafted. It's not like you're bringing in young guys that Rick Spielman drafted. So you've got two guys that you drafted and then a young guy that you signed. So would this front office then bring a fourth guy in with their first round pick? I think it's probably unlikely. But if a guy like Joey Porter Jr. starts falling toward 23, and he fits perfectly in Brian Flores' system. Um, I wouldn't rule out cornerback, even though it, it feels like a little bit of a, a a crowded room with with the young cornerbacks. But well, it's such a know. deep class. Cornerback yeah. is such a deep class. You could get you can get starters through day two, I think, and mm-hmm. I, I think the Vikings recognize that as well. I think a sleeper pick is still interior defensive line. Yes, yeah, so um, they need a defensive tackle for sure. And yeah. and I've loved Keanu Benton, uh, but Mozzie Smith is someone. That has been slowly rising up. I as just well. tweeted. I just tweeted about yeah. him, Matt. Yeah, he's we, he's he's fun to watch. Him. He's a big boy too. So big boy. Um, well, thank you, Phil, for hopping on. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's the calm before the storm. Things are are about to pick up for all of us. So any um, crazy any crazy um, trades you think are coming our way, Vikings wise? I because we know cra- crazy's got to be itching, right? He's got to be. <laughs> Dude, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they traded Daniel Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little quiet on that front. I know I made a, a joke about it off the top of the show, but but his his base salary this year. So there's the you know, we look at cap hits because that's what you you use to sort of do the math on your roster, but if you're a human being and a player, you don't really give a rip about the cap hit. You want to know what's in your pocket. And mm-hmm. his the way his contract is played out, only 4.9 million dollars in base salary this year. And they designed it as kind of a checkpoint anyways for this offseason. But it's been very quiet on that front, and I'm assuming that Quasey and Daniel Hunter's representatives have said, like, hey, let's just table this. We got 15 things on our to-do list. Please let us handle those. We'll get to this. But if they can't come to an I – don't, I don't think this comes to a head before this year's draft necessarily, but I don't know. If you're, looking, if you're the Vikings, you have five draft picks, and then next year you've already traded some picks from next year's stash too, haven't you? Um, yeah, they don't have a, th- a third next year. 
or is it a fourth? That's I think that's part of the Hawkinson trade. I think it's a fourth. Yeah. yeah. Hunter, Hunter like Kirk is another one. Of, you lose money if you trade him before the before June first. So if you waited till like it was like a unique Ngakwe situation, you waited mm-hmm. till training camp. And I guess my point is, they don't have a ton of draft capital, and the no. only two guys really that you would reasonably consider trading that would get you like first or second round draft capital are Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter. I don't I mean Zadarius Smith. You, you might get a sixth or something if you could find a team. So it and and twenty nine year old edge rushers, you can play for a few more years. But if you look historically, the elite level play starts to drop off pretty consistently at age twenty nine into age thirty. And so if you think that you've already you're already on the way down with Daniel Hunter, could you could you find a team like the Jaguars or you know just a team that's maybe on the cusp of getting to that next level and just need a year or two of a top-end edge rusher. I don't know that he fits the win. To me, the window is the ages of Hawkinson, Jefferson, mm-hmm. Derisaw. Like, yep. are you in your – even like Byron Murphy, it's a it's a one-year deal. Yep. Marcus, it's like they're trying to get guys – all the free agents they've signed are basically 25 and 26 years old to align with – they're taking flyers on these guys to align them with their nucleus. And Daniil Hunter doesn't fit that that age range anymore. So I just no. – I wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't be shocked. One well, and Marcus Davenport – it's more of a Daniil Hunter mold than he does a Zadarius Smith mold in terms of replacement. He's more he more is that body style of a Daniil Hunter than a Zadarius. It's kind of amazing how like you can you can get like forty five or fifty pressures in a season and only have a half sack at the end of. So there's some, it's like a weird anomaly, and I wouldn't just totally. I know a lot of the analytics, and I'm one of these guys like sacks don't matter. It's pressures that matter. Well, but I mean pressures matter more than sacks, but. How about more than a half sack? Can we? Yeah, yeah. Can we, oh, for sure. <laughs> a handful would be nice. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Daniil Hunter is going to be traded. I'm down for that. I, not many moves I'd be opposed to at this point. Clickbait. So. We're just generating clickbait if, here. Hey, and if they don't take a quarterback this year, that's another. That's ammo for next year, right? Like that's true. Correct. Yeah. Yep. You that's you true. need you need to and especially I don't know if they have any grand illusions about you know let's say in 2024. They finish with nine wins or ten wins this year, and they're drafting 18th or something. And you want to get up to number two to get Drake May, right? Well, you better have some. You better be willing to unload three first round picks and maybe some other right. stuff. Yep. So you got to get some draft capital in the stable. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Phil. It's always fun chatting uh, Vikings football with you. And uh, if for everyone listening. Obviously, you probably follow Phil Mackey, but if you don't, go do so. But remember that Score North has a draft party this year at Park Tavern. That's in St. Louis Park, right? St. Louis Park off of uh, Louisiana near 7. And, yeah, April 27th at 6 o'clock, the Surly Park Tavern draft party. So it should Should be a blast. Fun time. The one last year was fun, too, though. It was a little cold. So, uh, well, we we moved it indoors this year, at least. (laughs) There is yeah. a there's an outdoor area that will spill over into, but I, but it's sort of enclosed in a tent. Yeah, when the freezing rain hit right after the Vikings traded back twenty slots, people were like, "What is happening right now?" But it was fun. <laughs> well, make sure you guys hit up that this year. Um, and if you're still watching, please like and subscribe. Uh, we got a ton more content coming up until the NFL draft, uh, including Wednesday's show, which includes SB Nation's JP Acosta. Um, who Miles and I had the privilege of meeting down at the Senior Bowl. So more draft conversation coming your way. But until next time, everybody, Skull Vikings. 